Blog Talk Radio. TheKenReadyShow.com, we have a poll question. We're doing a top ten list of the best SummerSlam matches in the history of SummerSlam. Because right here, this is the biggest party of the summer. And we're partying, we're talking SummerSlam. It's all about SummerSlam. And and we want to get a definitive top ten matches of all time in SummerSlam history. So right now on the website... We're going to reveal the, the top ten at, at the uh, the top of the second hour. But, just so you know, right now, here are the standings. In the top spot is Taker versus Bret Hart, 1997. But tied, right now, tied for the top spot is Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks from SummerSlam number one. Next up is the British Bulldog versus Bret from 92. Then uh, tied for that spot was Mr. Perfect versus Brett in 91. After that, we have TLC 1 in 2000. After that, HBK versus Triple H in 2002. Then we have HBK versus Razor Ramon from 95. After that, Owen versus Brett in 94. And rounding out the end, tied for the last spot, Diesel versus Razor Ramon in 94. And Triple H versus The Rock in 98. So just so you guys are aware, if there is a tie... Close to the top of the the second hour, we're going to send it over to our crack committee, and they're going to deliberate and talk and debate, and they're going to determine the top ten, because there has to be a ten through one 
in the top 10 list of the greatest SummerSlam matches of all time. So get on over to the website. Get over there and get your votes in. If you're not happy with the list, tough. Because if you didn't vote, you can't complain. Anyway, some other things you got to get out of the way. Wrestle Jam, Sheldon, Connecticut. We are sponsors. Come on out to Wrestle Jam September 8th. We're proud to award. Gary won the first class pass, courtesy of the Ken Reedy Show. He'll be going all first class to Wrestle Jam. So congratulations, Gary. And remember, our friends at M&J Collectibles, they're doing a signing with Vader on September 21st. Be sure to check that out. Check it out, M&J Collectibles. Dave, in the studio tonight. Good to see you. How are things with you? I am doing very, very well. I'm glad to be here in the studio as opposed to over the phone like I normally am every week. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to uh, to a kick-ass show tonight. Looking forward. Are you looking forward to the old SummerSlam there? I am. I, I'm very much looking forward to, the, to to SummerSlam tonight. I got my old school SummerSlam baseball cap on, and I know I, I don't want to deviate from the norm, but there is a little bit of breaking news regarding SummerSlam tonight that was posted on the Ken Rudy Show Facebook page. Um, WrestleZone.com reports that both Stone Cold Steve Austin and Iron Mike Tyson have been in Los Angeles this weekend promoting WWE 13, the video game, during SummerSlam access. While Austin has made no mention of SummerSlam or his plans to appear on the show, don't rule out anything as WWE will try to make the 25th annual event as big as possible. Interestingly enough, Mike Tyson has been putting over Triple H on his Twitter account, talking with Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels, who was just recently injured at the hands of Brock Lesnar, stating, I'll be supporting my man Triple H at hashtag SummerSlam. It could be possible that Mike Tyson may make an appearance at SummerSlam or even Steve Austin. Um, it's it's not out of the, the, the realm that uh, they want to make this SummerSlam a huge event considering uh, Triple H and Brock Lesnar at the top of the card. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. I mean, it's interesting, and you bring up a good point with, with that. Um, 25th anniversary of SummerSlam. Uh, interestingly enough, uh you know, with the pomp and circumstance, I kind of feel like it's it's been a little, little laid back. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting that if they would appear, that they wouldn't advertise it. So, uh, you know, could something bigger be happening here? If they if they're not going to advertise it, is it going to be a surprise thing? Is someone going to be part of something in the future? Um, or is this all a a ruse, and he's going to be hanging out with Jr. and they're just going to be watching the pay-per-view together. Yeah, they could just be visiting, hanging out, watching, you know, maybe negotiating something future down the line for you know a WrestleMania, you know, in, the, in you know next year or whatever. But um, it's very interesting that um, that uh, both uh, individuals are in town for this weekend. And uh, normally, if Austin's in town and it's a WWE function, he's usually appearing on camera. At some point, so we may see a, uh, a Stone Cold Steve Austin sighting in the Staples Center tonight. So, um, yeah, so this being the the biggest party of the the summer, um, but we were part of a a party last night, and I gotta you know thank uh, the BWO Body Slam Wrestling Organization as well as the DOD Dynasty of Destruction, the the ruling party in. Uh, the BWO, uh, for uh, inviting the Ken Reedy Show, inviting me to be a part of their show. And uh, I, I have to thank uh, Sonny. Sonny was there that night, last night. Um, and I got to co-host 
the bikini contest with Sonny. So Sonny uh, made an appearance out there at the uh, the Body Slam Wrestling Organization's event. So it was kind of cool uh, co-hosting the bikini contest with a WWE Hall of Famer. And, you know, I owe a lot to the DOD for uh, bringing me on board. So so thanks, fellas. Thanks for, for bringing me on. Had a good time last night. Yeah, I also want to thank uh, Bob Arian for inviting me since uh, the other half of the Ken Reedy Show wasn't invited to the beach party um, last night in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. I had a wonderful time, a blast, sitting with Steve Off in Section 8, and eventually Bob Arian, who uh, unfortunately was released from the Body Slam Wrestling Organization by Glenn Ulrich and the Dynasty of Destruction. Um, the revolution is on, Ken. I don't I don't know if uh, you and the rest of the circle jerk crew are going to be able to uh handle what's coming. I I don't I I I'm missing the revolution. I, I what I saw last night um you know, I mean I mean if there's any revolution, I think the DOD is kind of uh they're cleaning house a bit, getting rid of some uh dead wood. So uh they made they they finally made the decision, they had the smart decision and they fired Bob Arian. Um his conduct last night was just it, it was it was inappropriate. It was unprofessional, and the DOD uh, did what they were supposed to do and, and did the right thing, and they, they fired him. So, you know, to me, I, I don't know what revolution is going on, but I, I just feel like the DOD, the Dynasty of Destruction, is putting together a, a very professional and well-run promotion, and they're just they're getting rid of the, the, the distractions and, and the... They, uh, they got rid of those distractions, but... Mikey Cap and Tommy Face lost the tag team match. Um, Tristan Law barely escaped within an inch of his life from uh, Damian Darling. And Mikey Cap punched Section 8 in the face. A paying fan, a ticket that I bought him to come to the show, punched him in the face. We got a case. It's on tape. We're going to use the footage. And those guys are going to get their job back. It's 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 only a matter of time. And... Uh, <laughs> You guys are going to be very, very sorry. Mikey Cap's an idiot. You should get rid of him. You should get rid of him. He's a moron for punching him in the face. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, you know, but sometimes you just you got to take care of business, and that's that's what the, the dynasty is all about. You're if they're so smart, then he should have taken care of business in another way, not by punching a fan in the face. Well, he was, he was a little frustrated. I mean, it was a tough night. You know, it's not to say that they're not going to be hiccups on, on the road for the DOD and, and you know, losing – was was tough. I mean, I so he's frustrated. He's a competitor. He, it meant a lot to him. He, he, you know, he felt upset about losing his match. So it just, it just maybe it came out in in a less than constructive way. But you know, you gotta love the competitive spirit that he showed and and the angst he had with losing his match. And you know what? Wrong place, wrong time. Sorry, section. Wrong place, wrong time. He's a paying fan. He's a professional. This guy shouldn't be touching the fans regardless. You've seen so many guys out there in the wrestling world that have been jawing with the fans back and forth, trying to trying to get them to do something stupid, and it turned out that the professional did something stupid. So this is going to be the beginning of the downfall for the rest of the, the Circle Jerk crew. So I hope you're happy that you're a part of that because uh, – it's not I, I, I'm, I'm content being a part of it, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, let's let's err on the side of professionalism here. 
Because um, we like, we're going to get into SummerSlam in, in a bit. We're going to hit everything here again. We like to, you know, vary everything, and we hit the independent scene. Um, as far as the show, because, you know, I mean, I, I'm part of the DOD. I, I was kind of backstage hanging with the boys, you know, I was in the locker room, so I didn't get to see everything. But I, I'm curious, like, you were, you know, since you bought a ticket and were part of the, the crowd, uh, Overall, as far as the, the type of show that the Body Slam Wrestling Organization puts on, what'd you think of the show? Very fun, professional, entertaining. Um, aside from the Mikey Cap incident, um, it was overall, uh, you know, worth the money that uh, you know every everybody bought. You know, those tickets in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, it was worth the money, and they made it. You know, they made you a part of the show, um, which not a lot of wrestling organizations uh, can say they do. So, um, you know, I'll definitely be going back and. Uh, whether it's you know whether the DOD is there or not, and I know they won't be eventually, but I'll definitely be going back and uh, buying tickets to uh, check these guys out. There's some good talent in that company. You know what? As as luck would have it, and you know what? And because I I try and be a fair guy with the show. Fair, yeah. I, I try to be a good. So I'll, I'm going to let you take the lead on this, but okay. on the line right now we have calling, and we actually have Bob Arian is the recently fired. Bob Arian. So we're going to go right now. Let's get him on the line. Bob, are you there? Hey, who's this, Dave? No, that, no, that, that was Ken. You, you could talk to the real radio host right here, Bob. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, that's what I wanted, Dave, because if it wasn't you, I was just going to hang up after the fiasco he pulled last night on you, disrespecting you the way he did. Didn't even call you in the ring. I, you know, But you know what? You know who he's running with? That goes with his territory now. Yeah. So, Bob, let me ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on uh, you know tonight's SummerSlam, WWE SummerSlam? Uh, what are you, what match are you most looking forward to in tonight's uh, broadcast? Well, the match that I'm, I'm interested in uh, is Ziggler versus Jericho. Uh, they're both great wrestlers. Um, they work hard. They're both talented. Should be a good match. Uh, I'm a little sided towards Jericho, probably for all the wrong reasons because I love Teddy Irvin. And I don't know if you know who Teddy Irvin was. Father for a New York Ranger hockey player. That's right, brother. And that was his father. And you know what? He was tough as nails. And, you know, Jericho doesn't fall far from the tree. And I'm a hockey guy. So, you know, I, I always liked Jericho because of his dad. And, you know what? He's got some talent. I think he brings more to the table than Ziggler. I think he can do a lot more things. He's more entertaining. And, you know, it's going to be a good match, though. And I, but I think Jericho's over. All right, let me switch uh, topics here. Uh, last night, you know, Ken mentioned it. Um, you were fired by Glenn Ulrich and uh, the Dynasty of Destruction uh, from the Body Slam Wrestling Organization um, early on in the show, and you uh, you came back and you sat with us and bought a ticket, and we raised a lot of hell and got under the skin of the Dynasty of Destruction. And uh, you know, first I want to thank you for inviting me uh, once again. I, had a, I had, it was a pleasure and honor to be sitting with you. But um, your thoughts on uh, what took place last night before your re-entry into the building? Well, first of all, uh, Dave, you, you saw what was going on out there. Uh, you got this chicken little Glen Ulrich. Uh, and you know what? I draw the line. When you start disrespecting women in front of me, I don't care who you are. I don't care how small you are because Glenn's not a big guy. So, you know, if I hit him, I get everything to lose because I'm the big guy hitting the little guy. But, you know, when you disrespect a woman like that, Heather, who's a, who's a great ring announcer, break her down, make her cry, make her feel like she's dirt, you know what, that's when I stepped in. I just said, you know what, 
somebody needs to confront these guys. You know what? I knew he may fire me, or he's going to hit me, or he's, one of his thugs is going to hit me. But you notice Tommy Face came to me. So did the old man, and they knew, don't mess with me when I'm not on my medication. And they backed right off. I don't know if you noticed that. I did notice that. It, it, it was like a parting of the Red Sea with a dynasty of destruction at that point um, when you when you got involved and, and uh, stood up for the ring announcer, which was, you know, which was the right thing to do. Um, the way they treated her was, uh, you know, very disrespectful in front of everybody in, in uh, one Legion place in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. I was appalled by it. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, uh, unfortunately you got let go, but I'm glad that somebody was there to uh, to, to get involved and, and uh, make sure that, you know, she wasn't in too much of harm's way. Um, other than that situation, um, where do you go from here with um, this Phase 2 revolution? Will we be seeing you at future uh, BWO events purchasing a ticket like last night with well- Steve? Section 8 and Raising Hell like you did last night? Well, first, Dave, I actually got to thank Glenn for what he did last night. You know, as stupid as it sounds, because I'm sitting right now here in sunny Florida, because I got on a plane this morning, me and Steve Boston said, let's just get away. Let's get away from that chaos, that circus, and let's just go down to Florida, have a good time, go see some TNA wrestling during the week. And, and you know what? It was such a tribute last night that the fans gave me. Because I left the building and I came back with Heather and I bought a ticket. And I couldn't buy myself a beer. Every single fan kept sending me beer after beer over. I really think they wanted me to get drunk and go in there and take care of the deal, be myself. But I'm smarter than that. I'm not Mikey Cap, that idiot. See what he did. Um, but you know what? I will be at every show. I'm going to buy tickets now, of course. And you know what? I'm going to sit there with uh, Section 8, Steve Off, and everybody else they've gotten rid of. Because right now they're running that company like a communist country you know what it's the dictatorship you go against glenn Ulrich or his circle gang or whatever you want to call them yeah they they get rid of you they fire you other countries they put you in jail and i think if they could they would put us in jail but you know what it's the revolution is on revolution is on you know what and they got to watch themselves because i got a lot of people with money i know a lot of people maybe we just start our own company and put them right out of business what are they going to do then yeah, they'll be coming to you looking for work. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, um, last night's show ended with uh, Preacher defeating uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Delirious. And if Preacher won, he was granted a match next month against Glenn Ulrich. Um, have you spoken to Preacher at all and what he's uh, what his mindset's like? Because he was pretty fired up when he got out there. He defeated Delirious and... Uh, you know, I'm assuming he's pretty happy that he's going to finally get his hands on Glenn, but have you spoken to Preacher, and uh, what is, his, what is uh, his thought process going into next month? Well, I did speak to Preacher a little after the match, but you know, Preacher was so focused. And like I said last show, uh, Preacher's a dangerous weapon here. He's the guy they don't respect. He's the guy they're not afraid of. And he's the guy they need to be afraid of. They're bringing the hired gun, Delirious, who's a great wrestler, a little psychotic, they think he's going to walk all over Preacher. I'm going to tell you what, that was a heck of a match. Preacher did a heck of a job in winning that match. And I don't, I, Glenn didn't wrestle last night, if you noticed. Yeah, I know. He didn't have a match. Maybe, you know why? Maybe he's scared. Maybe he, he knows he can't have a match there anymore. Okay? Maybe the circus brings in some midgets so Glenn can win and have the midget title or something because they're all a farce right now. They, they, they just do what they want. But I'm going to tell you what, I think I don't think Glenn shows up against Preacher because he don't stand a chance. 
Yeah, I, I, I would have to. I would tend to agree with you. The, uh, the house of cards is going to collapse very soon for these guys. Bob, I want to thank you for coming on again. I once again, I want to thank you for inviting me as a personal guest of yours um, at last night's BWO event. You know, you made a, you made a dream come true for this wrestling fan here. In all seriousness, to be a part of that, uh, the, the organization with you and with Steve Off and Section Eight, and I had a blast, and it was a great time. And I'm, I'm still fighting a good fight. I'm not sure when I'm going to be back, but I'll be back at some point to uh, to, to, to support the BWO. And uh, I hope you and Steve have a, a wonderful vacation down in Florida. I got you, brother. And you know what? Thank you. It was my honor to meet you and hang out with you and, you know what, and, and just raise heck there. And, and you know what? We got under their skin. Uh, you know, it, it, their end is coming. And you see it. And I just, again, want to thank you, Dave. Thank you very much, Bob. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. We'll talk soon. Okay, brother. Bye. That's good. It's good to um, see that Bob's, uh, you know, enjoying unemployment, heading down to Florida. What else is he going to do? Uh, right having now? having a little vacation, uh, you know. Hope hope it all works. And that's you know, when when you're out of work, I guess when you get to that age, Florida's naturally where you, where you wind up going to. So don't worry, you'll be down there soon. <laughs> and but you know, let's add so let's add a little class to what's going on here. Let's uh, we got the champ. On the line. So, I'm not getting uh, off the line for this one like I used to. Right, let's let's, let's be professional that. here. Tristan, the champ of the Kate. wrestling organization. How you doing, man? Hey, dog. How's it going? How fun was it to hang with the Dynasty of Destruction in our private locker room last night? You know, like it's I you know, I've partied before, but never like the Dynasty. I mean, the the Dynasty knows how to party. It was great to be a part of it. Um, just first class all the way. You know, it's. It was an honor to be with you guys in the locker room and, uh, you know, great watching you work and, and retaining your Body Slam Wrestling Organization Heavyweight Championship. Well, well, thank you very much because, you know, what many what many of you guys don't know is that since Ken was our guest of the night and the host of our 2012 swimsuit contest, we made sure he arrived in style. He arrived in a limo filled of girls. I personally handpicked myself. Jo- Joey the Bull almost had a handpicking in the girls, but I figured – Ken wasn't really into cows. But, but Ken, you're welcome anytime to hang out with the Dynasty of Destruction and soar your fans. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I want to ask you, you know, in your match last night, I mean, at any point, um, were you worried? I mean, was there any chance you were going to lose that match last night? Was I worried? Let me tell you about my match last night. Last night, for those of you guys that don't know, I wrestled Damian, Dar- Damian Darling, who, uh, who had his girlfriend, who is the WWE 2012 Hall of Famer studying this corner. My main man, my manager, Tony G. Ska, the G's were going places. Played the offense while I played the defense. For those of you dumb enough to miss it, last night at BWO's Beach Party 2012, Damien Dahl was too concerned with Mr. Ska trying to get to know his sunny woman better, better, and he dropped the ball and shifted his focus off what was more important, and that was my belt. That's why I won. That's why I'm still the champion. That's why I'm still classful, and he's classless. And that's you know, and that's smart. I mean, you guys, you know, you have a manager, and you know, you, you kind of work all the angles because ultimately, you know, it's all it's all about winning, right? It's all about wins and losses. Am I right? Exactly, exactly. And you know, my my main man Scoff out there, you know, Mister Scoff, you know, he wants to have himself a little bit of fun. And, you know, keep in mind, you know, you brought the girl out to the ring, you know. You're supposed to be a guy that, that, that shares. You're supposed to share Sonny with everybody. Don't keep her for yourself. And you get upset that Mr. Scott is trying to get to know her. Hey, that's what you get. 
That's amen, brother. Amen. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I look at your work and and I look at how you're you're moving forward and and you're retaining each and every month. You know, they throw guys in front of you and you just you know you go through them. Now, is it is there anyone? I mean, who's challenging you? I mean, what's what's next for you? Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dave is more than welcome to to step into the ring. Let me actually, you know what? When it comes to Dave, let me say this. Dave, who was in attendance last night, he was invited, invited by Mr. Bob Arian, which makes him anti-Dynasty of Destruction, for those of you guys keeping notes. You know, when you hear him... I'm sorry? I'm glad you remembered that. Thank you. Yeah, that wasn't hard to forget. But when you Good. hear him on... When you when you hear Dave on the radio, it's easy to assume that he's an overweight, five foot five man who lives in his parents' basement and doesn't know how to have sex. You know, he's like the total opposite. He's a six foot one muscular man who lives in his grandparents' basement and only has sex when he pays for it. So, you know, Dave, whenever you want it, you're more than welcome to step in the ring and take a shot at the champ. I don't want to have sex with you, but I, you know what? If I get trained properly by somebody, maybe Preacher, maybe, uh, you know, Bob Arian and Steve-Off, maybe I will take a shot at it once, you know, uh, you know you're know, you ready for it. Because I know that you... Excuses. Buddy, and you, if you think you're going to have any... Excuses. 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 Dynasty maker excuses. I don't even know why I'm on the line talking to you. I'm wasting my breath. I'm yeah, like, why, 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 why don't you why don't you go find somebody to pay to have sex with or something or go go back to your grandparents' basement? Like, why are you even on the show? You shouldn't even be allowed on the show. You see you see, you, you, you should respect the Dynasty Destruction and Mr. Ken Reedy because he we allow you to be on the show every week. We're we're, we're more than nice to you. You took over, pal, all right? So bye. And I'm I'm not. I'm not your pal. Go, go, go find something else to do. All right, let's let's. Get, but what's next for you? I mean, we talked about challenges. I mean, who, who's next? Who are you stepping in the ring with next? Um, you know, right now it's like it's an open challenge. You know, anybody that wants to that wants to see Tristan Law, you know, all you have to do is send an email to uh, bookings at tristanlaw.com. Uh, that's the easiest way to 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 set up, you know, something against the champ. It's bookings at tristanlaw.com. Um, the next BWO show is Saturday, September 15th, of course, at the American Legion of Roman Park, New Jersey. If you missed the last one, don't miss the next one. That's all I can That's all I can actually say about that. Thanks, Tristan. You know what? Always a pleasure. Thanks for adding some class to it and really appreciated being a guest of the Dynasty uh, last night. Hope to do it again real soon because, you know, you guys know how to party and you guys do it right. And it, it was an honor on my part to be a a small part of what the dynasty is trying to do. You are welcome. And fans, check out my website at TristanLaw.com. Follow me on Twitter at TristanLaw. You can also like my fan page on Facebook, Facebook.com slash TristanLaw fan page. Don't forget to like Body Slam Wrestling Organization on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Body Slam Wrestling Organization, and follow them on Twitter at Body Slam Ken. Thank you as always, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Take it easy. And there we go. We had the champ on the line who successfully retained his BWO title. A uh, little little indie action there, a little BWO, a little DOD. Uh, you should check him out, though. Those guys collectively, you know, put on a good show. It was, it was a good time last night. Uh, you know, I was having fun with the Dynasty. Dave was having fun with, with Steve Off and Bob Aaron. But ultimately, we had a good time last night. So be sure to check them out. Uh, in September, it's the third Saturday of every month. Uh, they put on a real good show. So if you're a wrestling fan and like the indie scene, 
Be sure to check out the Body Slam Wrestling Organization. I know Tristan laid out a lot of different ways to access them. Go to Google, type in Body Slam Wrestling Organization, and you'll you'll find them. But they put on a real good show. And we're going to stick with the phones right now because we have a full bank. And just stay on the line. We are going to make every attempt to get to everybody. You guys who are out there thinking, hey, I, I think I might want to call. Get your calls in because last week we ran short and, and we didn't get to everybody at the end. So if you want to get in, be sure to get on the line so we can get you. But we are in a SummerSlam Sunday, the party of the summer. Switching gears a bit, we're going to go out to uh, our man, Tony. Are you there? Yep. Hey, oh, man. How you guys doing? Yeah. How you doing, Tony? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're doing great. Um, curious. Uh, coming into SummerSlam tonight, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I gotta go with Jericho Dolph. That should be yeah. It's, you know those guys are really good. I think they should be. Uh, they should have a good match. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. I don't know. I mean, as far as the pay per view itself, I mean, this has, they haven't really done like the greatest. You know, build. This you know, it's like for the. WrestleMania of the summer, you know, it's like, I mean, the whole, the whole thing has been kind of like, you know, just, they're just uh, banking on uh, Triple H and uh, Brock Lesnar pretty much to, uh, to, uh, you know, to uh, get a, get a higher buy rate, but I, I, it seems like, you know, with everything, you know, it's like, and, and that's, and those are two guys who are not full-timers anymore either, you know, so it's like, you know, this, this is like something that WWE is still, they got to get through their, you know, like guys like Dolph Ziggler and, you know, you know, whoever you know, it's like they gotta really, you know, like realize that they, you know, it's like they can't keep, you know, like doing these, doing these, you know, like roller coaster pushes for these young guys because it's like they keep burying them. You know, how can anyone, you know, like, like, do you find it unusual that it being the 25th anniversary that there's not a little bit more pomp and circumstance going into this event? Ah, yeah, a little bit, but I mean, you know, I, mean, I guess that's what we've come to expect with WWE these days, you know, I mean, they're not really, the pay-per-views, I mean, you know, even though SummerSlam, the pay-per-views are still secondary to to, uh, to Raw, you know, that it's all about the, uh, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's like more, it's all about the uh, Raw giving the three-hour rating, you know, the three hours and all that, you know, that stuff and the, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, so I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not saying, this, you know, this isn't like well, I don't know. This, this SummerSlam doesn't. You know, I mean, I've definitely seen the uh, you know stronger lineups than than uh, what they got here. I mean, you know, they didn't you know, like even with uh, Sheamus and Del Rio. The build to that has been kind of been really hit and miss. You know, it's like for you know, like Sheamus steals Del Rio's car, and you know, and which was and then Del Rio has the guys dressed up as cops to, to attack him, and it was just like. Well, I thought the attack was well. I, I thought that part. I actually thought that that part was well done. It was just like. I don't know. It's just like, see, uh, some of, some of the booking for that has been good, and some of it's been kind of, what is it? You know, has been kind of like, what, what's going on here? And um, so, you know, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but no. Tony is our our blogger. He blogs each and every show. So you go to thekenreedyshow dot com, and he's going to be blogging. Uh, you know, giving a recap for each and every show. I'm curious your thoughts. Um, on the build for Triple H, Brock Lesnar. Have you enjoyed the whole build? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that build? Uh, well, like I said, uh, 
I think they've been doing a really good job with the Triple H uh, Brock Lesnar match. You know, building up to that, I actually, um, you know, have enjoyed the uh, the segments there. Even the, uh, you know, I know like Shawn Michaels was kind of like, you know, like now that he's retired, he's kind of like, you know, he's like all afraid or whatever, and it's like, you know, he's saying that Brock's on another level from what Taker or Triple H is on or whatever. But uh, I, I, I thought that it, I thought that it was actually. Um, I thought they were doing a good job. I thought I thought the, the spot in the garage where they, where Lesnar pulled him out of the uh, uh, car door window and when they cut the you know and the, the screen went to black, I actually I actually thought that they did a good job there. You know, so, you know it's like you didn't really actually see Michaels you know, taking any beating. You know, it's like this way he didn't have to take any kind of physical abuse. You know, except for the F five and went in the ring later. But um, I thought that that was really I I thought they did that uh, really well. I thought that was a good spot. You know, that was a good spot. There's a good touch there where they uh, you know had the camera. Black. What do you think happens in that match tonight? Well, at this moment, uh, they should have Brock Lesnar win because you know he had one match, you know, against John Cena and he lost that one. So it's like if they don't have him win, then then it's like you know he's he's just a big guy who can't win. <laughs> Not that he got the steal from uh, Jericho and Dolph, but he's a guy who can't win the matches. Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, I think that's a good point. All right, Tony, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for the call. Again, like I said before, Tony, the best blogger in the business. So go to thekenreedyshow.com. You miss a show. Check out his blogs. He recaps Raw, SmackDown, and Impact for us each and every week. Tony, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, I'll be on next week. Thanks, man. All right, man. Uh, so Tony, looking forward. So we got so far. We've asked Bob Arian, and we've asked Tony, and uh, Ziggler Jericho seems to be the match people are looking forward to. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ziggler Jericho is going to steal the show. Uh, personally, in my opinion, uh, it's uh, it's a match that hasn't been done before. So I think that's another thing too that's uh, getting the, getting the people behind it. It's a, it's a fresh matchup. So uh, you know, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep going out to the phones because uh, we do have a full bank. So, caller, are you there? Yes, I am, Ken Reedy. Yeah, who is How it? are you? This this is this is the sign guy. Thanks for calling. This, How are you doing tonight, man? Okay. Um, what do you call? There's something I like to talk about last night, Dave. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you, by the way, Dave. Oh, thank you very much, sign guy. And Ken Reedy, it was a pleasure meeting you too, by the way. It was great meeting you. Okay, here's the thing. I paid twelve dollars last night as a fan to watch to watch Magic versus Joey the Bull. And I sat there, and Tony Schaff, the old man, he he came out, and he dumped chips over my head. He threw papers. He tripped me. That's that's not a good move. Be, because now there's a lawsuit that was going around last night. Dave, you saw it. So you saw the lawsuit. Anyway, I'm part of the, the lawsuit. Now today I Googled the word old and a picture of Schaff came up. <laughs> so, so, okay. But more importantly, if you guys saw the match, the, the, the dynasty of destruction they came out and they attacked Magic, yeah. which which I don't have to tell you what Magic called Christian Law, Dave, because you heard it. He called them something not nice. Yeah, it wasn't nice at all. It was, it was, a, it was a bad word, a mean word. Right. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna say we're not gonna say what it was. Just you know, like my uncle Tom used to say, we're not gonna say bad words. 
Okay. Um, and, and then, all right, so then, okay, now, which leads me to my next thing, okay? Okay, go so for now it. You, all right, so now you have that, you have that going on, right? Now, oh. Richie Rotten, now, Richie Rotten, well, Magic calls out Richie Rotten, and they get into a screaming match, and Richie tells Rotten, I mean, I'm sorry, Richie tells Magic, this is a business. Magic tells um, Richie that they were friends. Well, let me tell you about, well, I'm just going to tell you my part in the whole thing is this. On September 15th, again, I will be there in support of my friend, Magic. Magic's my friend. And last week, Ken, you said um, you're either with the dynasty or against them. I'm with the revolution. I am against them. I don't like what's going on. But I don't like, the one thing I don't like is a bully. And Tony Schaff, I'm hitting the gym, brother. I'm getting bigger. And Magic's getting bigger, and we're, getting, we're not going to take it. So, boys, thank you very, very much for allowing me to speak. Um, and I'll continue to support the Ken Reedy show. But, Dave, continue to support my comeback because Scoff, it's going to, you say you're Scoff noxious, you're going to see what happens to you. Thank you, boys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. A lot, like, it's heated. It's heated over there. In, uh, the, <laughs> the tension is so thick you can. Cut it with a knife. It is, man. I, you know, it's, and we're right in the middle of it, man. It, this is, there's a civil war. It's, it's, it's gone right down the middle of the show. Um, it's split for those the of you folks wrestling missed, organization in half and split up the show. I mean, it's crazy. For those of you folks that missed last night's show, just if you want, you can go on that guy's Facebook page, Mike Ferrar. He'll tell you everything that happened on that show, move for move, minute by minute. He's the one of the best out there. Not as good as Tony V, but he's a verbal blog. Let's just put it that way. Very cool. So thanks a lot for the phone call. We're going to continue this right now. We're going to go back out to the phones. Call, are you there? Ken Reedy, how are you? I'm okay. Is this Mr. Trivia? Mr. Trivia from the top rope here. Glad how to are you? How are things going with you? Good. Just uh, sitting over here at the uh, office of the top rope, getting ready for Thursday night's live roundtable, waiting for SummerSlam. Hopefully this will be a good pay-per-view because every pay-per-view that WWE's had this year has been crap. So hopefully this will be a good one. Uh, I understand uh, Dave is uh, a, a Connecticut boy there, huh? Yeah, we got Dave on the line. He's actually he's well, a Connecticut. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. One of the reasons I'm calling not only is to you know talk a little SummerSlam and everything, but Ken, I don't know if you got my message on your page. I would personally like to invite you guys to come on the Top Rope TV show. Wow. It's based on, we do the show in Wallingford, Connecticut on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8. It's a live call-in show. And uh, we do have, uh, like I said, we are having the, uh, the round table Thursday night, which is going to be a live call-in show. It's a two-hour special. And uh, I would like to... You know, invite you guys. I got a full schedule of uh, guests coming on in September, so eventually we'll uh, we'll touch base here and get you guys on the show because I've been uh, hearing a lot of we're, we're game. a lot of good things. We'll have people call your people, and we'll we'll definitely set up a date. That sounds like a good time. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. What are you looking we're, for uh, this event? What's that? What are you looking forward to SummerSlam tonight? Well, I tell you, I hope no. I can't believe a lot of people are putting their they're, they're putting their hopes in this card on Dolph Ziggler and Chris Jericho, because I think that's the match for me to go fold my stocks. Really? But uh, I think 
I think what's going to make I think what's going to make the show is going to be the uh, triple threat match and the uh, Lesnar and Triple H match. What would you like to see out of the the Lesnar Triple H match? What would I like to see? What added to it? At, out of it, like what what would result? Oh, Triple H Triple uh, H is going to Triple H is going to bury him. That what you think? Yeah, because I, I don't I I understand that the Heartburn Kid got. Uh, Got hurt, but I believe we'll we'll probably still see him somehow make an appearance tonight. Um, a friend of mine was talking. A friend of mine was talking to me today. He was saying uh, he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Paul Heyman turned the tables on Brock Lesnar tonight. Okay. <clears throat> that's a, that's a, there's no money with that, Heyman and Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar against each other. It's, it's the, yeah. The money's with them together. That, 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 yeah, that, that's. Do you? That's true. Going forward, do you? I mean, do you think business-wise, it makes sense for for Triple H to go over uh, a Brock Lesnar? Yeah, because you see, Monday Night Raw has now gone three hours, and I've been a firm believer that Monday that the WWE barely has enough talent to go two hours, and the WWE has really not been that good without Triple H, you know, in the mix. I mean, I understand, you know, Brock Lesnar coming in from UFC. He's a tough guy. Give him all the credit where to do. He's a strong individual. He's a great wrestler. But I believe that just, you know, he kind of made it personal when he brought the family into it. And I think that, you know, that's just going to push Triple H a little bit over the edge. If he loses, I'll be surprised. Interesting. But, uh, Other match. You know, like, but Ken, like I said, you know, tomorrow uh, Thursday night there is the uh, wrestling Roundtable. It's going to be the top rope, the number one rated TV talk show on cable access in Connecticut. You can uh, give us a call at the show at 203-265-6310. The show will be on from 7 to 9 p.m. Scheduled on our show that night will be independent wrestlers Bull Dread, Jay Busta, former WWE ring announcer Frank Krasnowski, Mario Mancini, uh, Rex Lethal, possibly an appearance from wrestling legend Ox Baker. So you might want to tune into the show. It can also be seen live on the Internet at WPAA.TV. Click on WPAA.TV. Click on the live link on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and you can see the show live as we do it. And... uh, Ken, Dave, you guys have been doing a great job on the show. Keep up the good work. I will mention the Ken Reedy show on my show uh, Thursday night, and hopefully we can get together with your people and get you guys on the show. We'll keep pushing you guys here as well. A little little cross-promotion is a good thing in this business. Thanks a lot for the call. Oh, yeah. One other thing, Ken, before you go. I understand that at WrestleJam, you're going to be a guest ring announcer for a match. Excuse me? Yes, I am. Yeah, well, I just got a call uh, a couple days ago from the promoter from ETW. There's going to be an independent wrestling card in um, Bristol, Connecticut at the Bristol Boys and Girls Club on October 27th. And one of the main events is going to be uh, Jay Busta versus Damian Darling. And yours truly, Mr. Trivia, has been appointed the special guest ring announcer for that match. There so go. that's going to be... So that's going to be the second night for me as a guest ring announcer for that company, so I'm looking forward to it. Ken, we will see you in Shelton on September the 8th. 
you have a great night, and let's let's uh, have a good SummerSlam show. And Dave, hopefully we can get you on the show with Ken and talk some wrestling. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mister Tree. Top rope calling us in, and you know you never know what's going to happen on the show. All of a sudden, we're going from radio to TV. It's a movement here. I just want a makeup chair with my name on the back of it. That's all I want. <laughs> like they do in the movies. Yeah, that would be cool. So you're saying you want to wear makeup? <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I got gotcha. you. You know, it's interesting. One of the matches that people are not really talking about much, and, and there's been quite a little uh, set up. Uh, you know, it's interesting that Mr. Trivia is not looking forward to Ziggler Jericho, uh, which yeah. I'm kind of curious about because, yeah. you know, I, I do think that you got a couple of real good workers there. But uh, I guess he likes big guys. The, the Sheamus Del Rio match, um, a weird setup, a, a convoluted kind of twisting and winding road to kind of get back to the same match that they already had booked. I don't know what to make of this storyline. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, I don't know if they wanted to add somebody involved into the match, maybe put a Rey Mysterio in it, because I know when Mysterio came back, he set his sights on Del Rio. I don't know if they wanted to throw Orton in it, who is coincidentally not scheduled for tonight's pay-per-view. I don't know if they were going back and forth on all that, um, only to get back to the same like I said, the same match. It would have been, it would have made more sense if they decided, okay, Sheamus. You know, Booker said, okay, Sheamus, you'll get your match, but now it's going to be you and Del Rio in, you know, uh, a Los Angeles street fight or a Last Man Standing match. You know what I mean? Like to to try and up the stakes a little more um, to make it to make the you know the give some the the rivalry some juice because I think it's kind of fallen flat a little bit. Um, I don't know what I don't know what to make of it, and I, to be honest with you, I don't know where they go after tonight, depending on the outcome of the match. Yeah, it's it's a weird kind of setup, and and the interesting thing, and it's it's cool like having Dave here in studio now because he's he, you know he came to visit for the weekend. We actually we got to watch SmackDown together and kind of go back and forth on stuff, which was which is cool to bounce some ideas off each other. And you know, one of the things that we're we're talking about is. Yeah, like to come back to the same thing, you know, we were talking, hey, Booker T comes out and says, fine, you have your match, but it's unsanctioned. I can't, I can't in good conscience, says, well, I can't in good conscience. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know, sanction this match, but the title's still on the line, so it's an unsanctioned, no DQ kind of match or something like that. Or you said a street brawl. It was a weird kind of setup. I mean, some of the stuff worked, I guess, um, and some of it was just really kind of convoluted. I, I think you have two guys that can put on a good match. I'm not saying that uh, I think it's going to be a bad match. I just think the storyline has been a little odd. Curious your thoughts, though, character-wise and where he's gone. I'm not going to say I'm predicting, but as far as a character goes, I feel like uh, Del Rio has to win for character's sake, or, or like, where does he go from there? I, I do agree with you in that sense. However, it's almost the, the, the notion now, and it's similar to what Samoa Joe went through in TNA years ago, where if Del Rio wins, you know, he wins the belt too late, it's not going to really matter and have that, you know, that luster and that flair that everybody, uh, you know, expected of it last year. They, you know, Everyone was, you know, betting the house that he was going to be Edge at WrestleMania. 
and he didn't do it. And then they thought he was going to win the ladder match next month against Christian, and he didn't do it. Um, and then he finally won Money in the Bank, and he won the belt from Punk after at SummerSlam last year. And then a month later, he drops it to John Cena, only to get it back three weeks later in a Hell in the Cell. And it just didn't seem like he had, you know, enough time to really relish that moment um, of being a champion. Um, I mean, I don't know where you go with him after this. It's like I said, it's either, you know, he has to win, but at the same time, if he does, is anybody going to care? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just it. I mean, where do they go after? I mean, obviously you have your rematch clause so they can continue with Sheamus. Um, I don't know because it's it's weird with Del Rio, a, a talented guy on both ends. I mean, a guy who can cut a killer promo, he's entertaining. Look, he's an asshole, and he plays it well. Uh, the whole gimmick works. The car thing works. The You know, his guest ring announcer works. Um, he's good in the ring. He's good, especially for a guy his size. He moves well. Uh, he, he's good with the, the technical stuff. I mean, he's he's solid all around. And yet, I, I I do I am agreeing with you. I find myself thinking, where where are we going with him? What is the next move? Now we're we're gonna give predictions for SummerSlam, and why not? I'll give mine for this match. I'll say what being said. Everything I said about Del Rio, I'll I think Sheamus is gonna win. That's my pick. I, as much as I think, character-wise, Del Rio has to win. I am going. I'm making the prediction that Creative is going to go the wrong way. I think Sheamus is going to retain tonight. I, I just, I'm at a loss. I, I'm really at a loss. I don't know where you go with Del Rio at this point, and it's it's weird for me because it's not like I look at him and say he sucks. I, I think he's tremendous. I'm just having a hard time, and maybe there are certain guys that wind up falling through the cracks, but it's it's weird where they've written him, and it's almost like the character is kind of painted into a corner, and I'm having a hard time seeing the direction of the character. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Seamus, too, but, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it, uh, you know, talking about where you go from here. I mean, I, I remember when, in the beginning of the calendar year this year, they talked about bringing Del Rio back, wanting to give him a run with the title, and wanting him to be a more aggressive character. And he wasn't just so, you know, artsy, fancy, you know, um, I wouldn't say delicate in the ring, but, you know, he, he didn't have, like, an edge to him. Um, they want, and, and that's what they wanted, they wanted to accomplish. And I could start to see some of that stuff when they did the car door thing or the, the, the hood of the car on Sheamus and stuff like that. Um, I mean, could we see... Somewhat of a uh, a losing streak of sorts with him after this match, where you say, you know, he can't win the big one. Is this guy really what he says he is? All about, you know, his destiny, being a champion, being born to be a champion, and he's had two very insignificant runs with the WWE title last year. Um, so, I mean, I could see something like that taking place. Or if they really decide they want to pull the trigger and switch things up a bit and take, you know, Del Rio, you know, holding on or keep you know, getting the strap. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, this is a tough. This is a tough one to call. It's one of those where I'm actually looking forward to sitting back and seeing what takes place, you know, during this match and you know the finish and how they'll go from here. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. Um, you're right. Like maybe something where he's he loses, but he's pissed and maybe we get a little more aggressive 
uh, Del Rio going forward, and he's an, an angry loser kind of thing. Um, there have been hints at, at uh, him not being happy with uh, his his ring announcer, Ricardo. So you can't maybe... get rid of him, though. That, that's, that's the gimmick right there, you know? You, you can't do that. It, it, to, to me, like, I think, you know, it, it, it makes much more sense if he um, – if he has, you know, almost like an entourage, you know, I, I you know, we talked about being aggressive um, with the, you know, with his character. What if they decided to take, you know, Del Rio and almost have him hire like a, a, a team of specialists to train him to be a more aggressive wrestler, almost like you know, he does have a background in MMA in real life. So, I mean, what if they brought that out into his character being, you know, the, the buying the finest, you know, trainers that money can buy with his, you know, rich status and putting him in there. As you know, this uh, you know well-versed, world-class, you know MMA, you know pugilist. You know what I mean? So um, I mean, and then keeping keeping that aspect, and then of course the Ricardo aspect too. And you know, you can you can have all kinds of like servants that could come to the ring with them. You know, you you could add more to it because it just makes it seem like all right, I'm rich and famous, but I just got a ring announcer and a couple of nice cars, like. Like I think they should do more with that embellishing of that rich character that he has, and uh, but adding the aggressive part to it as well. Yeah, that definitely would would make a little more sense. It's just it's just weird to see a guy that uh, has got all the talent in the world, but uh, can't seem to find like the right niche for him. It's just kind of I, like I like I like him. I would never say like I'll get rid of him. Or, I mean, I I enjoy everything he brings to the table. It just seems like the creative has kind of painted him into the corner at, at this point. So, um, uh, it, you know, it should be interesting to see where it goes. But we are both in agreement going into this match. Um, we both think that uh, Jameis is going to retain. Um, let me ask you, Dave, are you looking forward to this match? Do you think this is going to be a good match? It wasn't a bad match last month. I think um, if it's the same match that they had last month then i'm not i don't really care for it you know what i mean like obviously you know the true you know performer and artist that those guys are and the real challenges is to you know make your matches do something different that will wow and excite the crowd in your match as well as your routine stuff that you do you know mix mix it up a bit um i would have liked to have seen like i said a gimmick added to this match to add some sort of you know juice to juice to the feud but uh you know looking forward to it if I if if I go into the first few minutes and uh, you know and I see that it's similar to what took place last month, then I, I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm curious. Like, where do you think they'll they'll book this match? I want to say like middle of the card, like uh, maybe like third, fourth in. Um, I mean, you got Punk and and Cena and Big Show, of course, uh, and Triple H and Lesnar. Those are the two top heavily promoted matches. Um, I would say this is maybe the third. Um, this could be a middle of the card, like nine o'clock, nine thirty kind of match on the pay per view. Um, I don't see it opening, and I definitely don't see it closing the pay per view. Yeah, it's definitely not going to close. Is there any chance that it opens tonight? Maybe to add some prestige and, and, and interest in the fact that the world title match is going to open up SummerSlam because they've done it with you know WrestleMania in the past two years, but. Um, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's going to open. I wouldn't be surprised if Jericho Ziggler opened tonight, or if even uh, Mysterio and Miz opened tonight. Mysterio and Miz seems like a solid opener 
Um, Intercontinental Championship match. Both guys are, you know, Mysterio's great in the ring. This is pretty solid. Um, you know, he's not terrible, um, uh, despite what you may think. But uh, I think I think that will probably open up the show, and I think we'll see Sheamus and Del Rio in the middle. No, I'll be honest with you. I mean, my, my biggest gripe with Miz is, uh, like, I think this is a good place for him. Mid-card, I see. I, I think this him with the WWE title is, is ridiculous to me. He's not he's not that caliber. He's not that guy. Um, I see. I, I can deal with him in, in that area, having that sort of mid-card. Again, we've talked about it. One of the biggest issues I have with, you know, a lot of what the WWE does is back growing up, mid-card was not necessarily a dirty word. You know, guys, guys back in the day busted their ass in the mid-card. They looked to steal the show. You know, being an IC title holder was not necessarily a demotion. Um, you look forward, there was some, you know, you always go back to WrestleMania three. The IC title match, you know, took the took the show. It's no shame in being a mid-carder. You just go out there and you, you try and take it over. You try and be that match that when people walk away from it, they're like, yeah, you know, the headliner was great, but man, that mid card match that that wow yeah. that that stole the show, and that's what you know guys in the mid card should be thinking. It shouldn't be so. Hey, we have a three hour pay per view, so we're gonna give you like two and a half hours of shit, and then you know we're gonna we're gonna do everything to build that main event. It's it you know it should be a show. It should be a solid three yeah. hour show, and I, I you know there's no shame being a mid-card guy, and I, I just I think that's kind of where I'd like to... That's where I would slot Miz in, as a, as a solid mid-card kind of guy. Uh, we have breaking news here from the KenReedyShow.com. We're going... It, it's going to the committee right now to break some ties. Uh, the greatest, the top ten SummerSlam matches in the history of SummerSlam. Just so you know, because you only have through... Dave's news break to get your votes in, and then we're going to break all ties. But as of right now, the greatest match in SummerSlam history is the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks from SummerSlam 1. Oh, my God. Taker Brett has moved into the second place. Tied next is Bulldog versus Brett from 92. Next up, is, uh, they're, they're tied, Mr. Perfect and Brett from 91. Next is TLC, number one from the year 2000. After that, we got HBK versus Triple H. Uh, tied next, HBK versus Razor Ramon and Earl Owen versus Brett. And tied for the last spot, we have Diesel versus Razor and Triple H versus The Rock. So if you are not happy with how this is panning out, and I tell you, this is why I wanted to open it up to everybody. When the WWE has their lists come out, you know, it's like, who decides this? Who, who does this? Where is it going? What committee makes this decision? We were looking for total transparency here. We were looking for you guys, the fans, to pick the matches. So if you're not happy, get on the website, get your votes in, because by the end of Dave's news break, we will reveal the definitive top ten matches in the history of SummerSlam. And this, really, this is the authority. So this is really right here, the top ten SummerSlam matches of all time. Yeah, uh, Mega Powers, Mega Bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised, you know, especially with with our audience and our core fans out there that, 
you know, Brett Bulldog isn't number one, or Brett Mr. Perfect isn't number one, you know. I'm really surprised and shocked. I don't think, I think that it deserves a spot in the top ten for the historical value that it's the first main event in the history of SummerSlam, but at number one, oh my God. Like, I'm, 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 I'm shocked and amazed for a minute there. I thought maybe you were voting for him, Ken, you know. I, I was kind of, you know, honestly, I was surprised too. I mean, uh, I'm not going to reveal who I voted for, but no. I, I was surprised that, uh, that match being, I agree with you. I think it deserves to be in the top ten. I did not. I was surprised it was even in the top five. And I'm really shocked watching things go that it's actually number one right now. It, wow. it surprised me. But you know what? That's what I wanted for transparency. We could have sat here and put together our own list. But I wanted it to be representative of the fans and what they wanted to vote for. So that is the list right now. Get on there because we are going to break right now with Dave's News. And afterwards, we'll reveal the definitive top ten matches in SummerSlam history. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Dave Five Report, only on the Ken Reedy Show. Top five stories in the week in professional... shots last night considering the time of the tweet superluchas.net reported late this week that former tna star alex shelley had finally signed with the wwe the wrestling observer now reports that wwe sources have stated that there is no truth to the rumor of shelley signing and as a matter of fact shelley is scheduled for a tour of new japan pro wrestling in september however sources say that an alex shelley wwe sighting is not out of the question from NFL Hall of Fame Super Bowl champion, <clears throat> excuse me, to four horsemen member to politician, Steve Mongo McMichael has announced his intentions to run for mayor of Romeoville, Illinois. Romeoville, okay. The 54-year-old McMichael is currently the head coach of the indoor professional Chicago Slaughter football team. McMichael does not intend to sign the paperwork for his campaign until October. And in our final story of the week, some of you wrestling historians may find this interesting. 
The Post game is reporting that an original WWWF championship belt was found in the attic of the home of Annie Barron, the widow of Johnny Barron, a tag team partner of Buddy Rogers, who was the first WWWF champion. How Barron ended up with the belt is unclear, but Barron verified the belt's authenticity with Dave Milliken, a belt maker for WWE. Milliken recognized the belt immediately and bought it from Barron, so... For any of you folks cleaning out your attic and you end up finding a piece of wrestling history such as a championship belt or a pair of ring-worn boots, or even Mae Young's hand, (laughs) wait a minute. If you find that last item, just notify your local authorities. (laughs) September 8th, Shelton, Connecticut, Wrestle Jam 9. The Ken Reedy Show proudly sponsors this event. You'll see former ECW champion Jerry Lynn, TNA executive Al Snow, First class, Vladimir Joseph, and a ladder match, 10 years in the making, Dave Cole versus Nocturne. And for all you new fans out there that have been listening to the show, let me introduce you to a new phenomenon on the internet. It's known as The Gun Show on YouTube, starring former BWO wrestlers Bob Arian, Steve Off, and their special friend, El Rotundo. For more information on the gun show, check out Facebook.com slash Bob Arian Gun Show. Ken, back to you. Nice job, as always, uh, aside from promoting the gun show. But <laughs> whatever, throw them a bone, they do the gun show. And the, the, our producer is coming in, and we have the definitive list. Of holy cow, oh, please with with me. numbers like all over the place, but we have the definitive, the final list of the top ten SummerSlam matches of all time. Are you ready for us to reveal the list? Okay. Okay. So here we go. Coming in at number ten. This is you guys. You guys voted. You guys made the list. Top 10 matches in SummerSlam history. Number 10, Diesel versus Razor Ramon from 1994. Razor Ramon actually was on the list twice. I was surprised he got on the list uh, two times. Number 9, Triple H versus The Rock from 98. That's the ladder match. There you go. All right, number 8. HBK versus Razor Ramon from 1995. Another ladder match. And Razor Ramon on the list again. Now he's done. He's done with the list now. Say goodbye to the bad guy, Chico. 94. You know, it's interesting with Razor, though. People forget how good he he was. That match with Diesel, too, in 94 was awesome. And he had Walter Payton in his corner, too. NFL, you know, Hall of Famer. That was was an awesome match. It's a shame because his his outside-the-ring problems have overshadowed uh, his his career, but a guy who, you know, talk about a guy who could go, who could work, who, you know, physically just a, a specimen, um, moved well for a guy his size, and he could talk. Yeah. Long career, uh, a shame that outside the ring stuff have uh, kind of overshadowed it, but Razor Ramon, quite a competitor back in his day. Number seven, R.I.P. Owen, but Owen versus Brett from 1994. Comes in at number seven. Number six, HBK versus Triple H from 2002. 
Remember that one? That, that was, was a good it, match. It was his return after four years, and uh, you know, it was uh, a lot of people didn't think he was gonna, you know, be the Shawn Michaels of old, but you know, he uh, he brought it that night. Not only that, I think a lot of us, including myself, was not looking for another run. I, I thought like HBK was back, and maybe we'll see him. For a couple matches here and there, like, like a little came, retirement tour of something. Yeah, yeah, like he came back and uh, you know full time for eight a, years. Yeah, I mean that was is impressive after having such a severe uh, back injury to come back, um, you know, with a bang in two thousand two and actually go on an eight year run. Yeah. Uh, after missing four years, impressive. Um, we're in the top five. We're making our way to the top five. The day five. Oh no, that already no, happened. We did that. We're in the top five SummerSlam matches of all time. Number five, who can forget this? TLC, number one, the year 2000. Edge and Christian, the Hardys, the Dudley Boys, that was pretty much, you know, a... uh, a, 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 It was like, you know, a bunch of crash test dummies just, you know, getting jumped, beaten up, you know, with inanimate objects. It was was awesome. Amazing stuff, and honestly... uh, you know, did they raise the bar too high for tag team wrestling? As great as it was, you know, looking at the other side of it, did those matches wind up being kind of a negative almost to tag team? Because can you top it? And can you, when you look at tag team wrestling, and, you know, I grew up with the Bulldogs and the Rockers and the, you know, the, the Heart Foundation, the Heart Foundation those guys, Doom, yeah. and then the... You know, it's almost like it, it came to an upswing with, with the Dudleys and, and Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Um, we've seen definitely a big downturn in tag wrestling. Um, did, did, did they set the bar too high? Uh, I think they I think they might have. Um, I mean, they they those guys made a statement that they were that they were there to stay, that they were players. Um, but at the same time, it's also up to the talent too, and the and the, the you know the, the guys in the locker room and. The people who were, you know, the creative team to come up with, you know, different tag teams and different guys, you know, to pair up with. And I just think they kind of lacked in that department. Um, so yeah. so we, we blame creative. We're not going to blame these guys. These guys put on a kick-ass match. Yeah. And creative dropped the ball after that. Yeah. yeah. Period. Moving on. <laughs> Number four. Mr. Perfect versus Brett. We should have just called this list like the, the Brett Hart Brett Hart. Oh, but we said last week, Bret Hart definitely uh, Mr. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Uh, if HBK is going to get Mr. WrestleMania, Bret Hart is Mr. SummerSlam. But number four, uh, Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart. Uh, you know, is, is it possible to get two better workers in the ring at the same time? Uh, tremendous talents. That stole the show. That, that That's the first SummerSlam I ever ordered on pay-per-view. And that match stole the show, and I was, like, amazed. And, you know, learning back, hearing, you know, years later that Kurt Henning was working with a really bad back and he did that favor for Brett and really pushed Brett up into the upper echelon of the company. It's it's awesome. It was a great match. I love it. Number three, and I think this is one for us that we both watched recently, really enjoyed it. Um, the Undertaker versus, of course, Brett. 1997 with our man HBK as a special guest referee. Uh now, you know, a match I'd kind of forgotten how good it was. Uh, entertaining storyline going in. A good angle, good match. Uh, spawned a lot going forward. It was definitely an important match for the storyline. Uh, 
no negatives about this match. I mean, we're, we're, we're moving into matches that all these matches would have had a legitimate shot at being the top SummerSlam match of all time. Yeah. Um, the build to that match was awesome. Um, and I ordered that pay-per-view because you didn't know what who was going to win, you know? I mean, there was, if Sean interfered and, on, you know, and tried to screw Brett, then he wouldn't be able to wrestle in the United States. And if Brett lost, he wouldn't be able to wrestle in the United States. And, you know, Undertaker was kind of like the odd man out, even though he was the champion. Um, you didn't know what was going to happen. It was uh, very unpredictable. The, the finish caught me by surprise when Sean... It was fun. Brett spit in his face. He told him to go F off, and Sean goes to swing with the cherry ducks, and he blasts Undertaker. But he has no choice but to make the count. Otherwise, he loses his job, and I thought it was awesome. I thought the whole setup to get there, the match was great, and then the finish was good, too. It was, you know, top of the line. Yeah, definitely one of those, you know, those moments where, like, you know, everything coincided. Mm-hmm. Creative worked. Writing worked. Physically, everything worked. Three good performers. Three guys who get it. Um you can't say anything negative. Like creative, you know, carried the ball. The performers carried the ball. Everything worked. Uh, you know, just nothing negative you can really say about that match. So Taker Brett comes in at number three. Um, by announcing number two, we kind of will reveal the number one. Um, but number two on our list, on, on the Bret Hart top ten, um, but number two on the list of greatest matches in SummerSlam history, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog. You've got to be <laughs> kidding me. What? Wait, you, you didn't like Bret versus Bulldog? No, I liked Bret versus Bulldog. I thought that could have been, that. That I mean, number one right there, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I The number one match, I, I Might as well go to it. Yeah. Number one match. Let's, let's, let's SummerSlam number one. And maybe, look. Maybe there's some nostalgia. Maybe it made the top ten. Look, let's face it. We talked about it. The WWE has not done a lot building that nostalgic feel going into SummerSlam. So maybe our fans out there were kind of feeling, you know, I want to be nostalgic, but I, I, I'm not getting it from the WWE. So they they went that route on the poll. But the, the greatest match, the greatest match in the history of SummerSlam, the WrestleMania of the summer, the biggest event in the summer months is the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. Oh, yeah. From 1988. SummerSlam number one. That's our top match right there, the greatest match in SummerSlam history. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say this, though. Like, the build to get to that point was good. Um, you know, all four guys were intertwined with each other. It started with basic – what started to what, – what got to that point in SummerSlam was the Saturday night's main event rematch with Hogan and Andre, which is still regarded as this day as the highest-rated wrestling show on cable television, um, that, that, that particular episode. It drew 35 million viewers. And Andre won with help from DiBiase, and then he handed the belt over to DiBiase. How much for the plastic surgery, brother? <laughs> How much? You know, and then they set up that tournament, and Randy Savage won the tournament, and DiBiase, you know, he beat DiBiase in the finals, and Hogan helped him win, and of course, you know, I, and it got those four to get to SummerSlam. It was it was a very it was a good marketing tool for the company 
for their inaugural summer pay-per-view to have those four in a tag match. Um, DiBiase and Savage, great in-ring hands. Of course, Andre, you know, the giant being the sideshow attraction that he was. And, of course, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, you can't forget about him. Um, so, I mean, it, it worked, and, and it built the SummerSlam brand for, you know, up, you know, up until now, 25 years later. So, Yeah, I mean, it was a... Uh... You know, it was an entertaining match. And it's funny, you know, and maybe it's partially, like, recognition. And, you know, people who were wrestling fans and maybe don't watch anymore from years ago, everyone knows the Mega Powers. Like, it's funny. People who don't watch wrestling anymore, and I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. Like, people just, out of nowhere will be like, the Mega Powers explode. You know, yeah. it's just it's one of those catchphrases, one of those things. You know, you had Hogan, you had Macho Man, too. You know, I mean, let's face it, Macho Man, tremendous talent. And if not for having the unfortunate occurrence of being in his prime during the Hulkamania era, here's a guy that would have dominated the wrestling landscape. Here's a guy that probably could have been a Hulk Hogan type. You know, he was, you know, it's like he was Joe Frazier to Muhammad Ali. You know, that was where Macho Man kind of slotted in, and it's amazing what he was able to do. You know, it's a testament. Any of those guys, him, the Warrior, not that I'm putting them in the same category as far as talent-wise, but any of the guys that got the belt in the era of Hulkamania had to be exceptionally popular. And Macho Man was a tremendous talent. I mean, it's not understated how talented this guy is. And... You put Macho Man in his prime in any other era, and he's probably just the number one definitive dominating figure of that era. He just happened to be in the in the middle of Hulkamania, and you put those two guys together. You know, it, it was it was entertaining. There were fun promos. It was an entertaining match, and like I said, it just stuck in people's minds. The Mega Powers, and then the Mega Powers explode. Yeah. I mean, Savage, like, it's funny that you mentioned that, that Randy Savage was stuck in the Hulkamania era. I mean, I wouldn't say stuck, but um, because Hogan, you know, brought helped bring wrestling to the mainstream, um, Randy, anybody else that, you know, came after him and had, you know, the ball given them given to them to go score for the touchdown, it was almost like, you know, Hogan made too much money, drew them too much money, and everyone else was a letdown in some ways. You know, that's what it seemed like. You know, you always hear stories like, this guy didn't draw that much, and this guy didn't draw for shit, and, you know, compared to Hogan. Well, you can't compare apples to oranges. It's it's just, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know. I mean, years later, Steve Austin and, you know, now John Cena, you know, those guys, you know, drew Hulk Hogan money, if not more. But, you know, they Randy Savage gets a lot of heat for it, you know, they said that he didn't draw enough. Warrior, same thing. Bret Hart, same thing. I think, you know, it was just bad timing. Yeah, it's, I mean, comparing, like, you know, anyone to Hulk Hogan is really, you know, drawing-wise, it's it's unfair. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, whether you want to debate greatest wrestler and what your criteria is for greatest wrestler of all time, there's no debating greatest draw. I mean, we've asked a number of pro wrestlers, legends, when you when you say biggest, you know, when you say who's the best wrestler of all time, usually you get asked back, you mean draw, and if you say yes, it's like, well, it's, there's no debating that. I mean, it's it's Hogan. Hogan's the, the draw. Um, you know, you can debate other uh, 
avenues, but Hogan usually becomes that guy who is the, the greatest draw of all time. Um, but Macho Man would have been up there if not for, unfortunately, being in in that era. But let's go out to the phones. Thank you all for, for participating. Again, every week we do have a poll question on the com. Be sure to vote for uh, you know the poll. We, we have different polls each and every week. And as luck would have it, you know, we... Dave and I would like to thank you all out there, but uh, just got word from our producer that uh, most hits ever on the website tonight. Most ever. Yeah, buddy. So keep it coming. Thanks. You know, we're uh, we're all along for the ride. This is uh, this is big stuff. We want to bring you all along for the ride, and we say what you think. So, um, But we want you to say what you think as well, so give us a call. We're going to go right back out to the phones. Uh, caller, are you there? Hi, Ken. Hey, Justin is on the line. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I love your show, Ken. I love it. You're awesome. Are you looking forward to SummerSlam tonight? Yes, I am. What match do you want? I love SummerSlam, Ken. My favorite event. Match tonight? Yeah. Which one? I think the Edge is going to win. All right, well, Edge... <laughs> Edge I want a... Edge to win at SummerSlam. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of Sheamus versus Del Rio? Pretty good. I think Edge is going to win and beat Sheamus to beat that crap out of him. I mean, beat him up. You like Edge, don't you? Yeah. Right, I think Edge is going to be Sheamus. He's going to be making an appearance at Tommy Dreamer's uh, House of Hardcore uh, in Poughkeepsie. You should uh, talk to some people and try and get yourself out. Oh, yeah. Huh? Much for giving us a call. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, you're cool. Thanks. I'm doing my best here. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. See, you know... (laughs) Everyone's got a voice here. We will bring everyone on. Justin's awesome. Thank you so much for giving us a call. Um, you know, and Justin's great because he calls in, and you just overinflate my ego. He puts it, you over. He really does he, put me he over. Puts you over, man. <laughs> so thanks. You know, every so often it's great, Justin, because I'm. I you know, it's nice to have a phone call that just says, "Ken, you're cool." And that you know, sometimes we we all need that. Sometimes he doesn't hear that often. I don't, not at all. So so you keep. Keep them coming. Because I'm running a wrestling podcast on a weekly basis. Yeah. I don't get the Ken, you're cool that often. Let's go back out to the calls. We got Dank on the line. What? Are you Hello? there? Hey, guys. What's up? What's How you on? doing? Uh, I'm tired of shit. I just finished moving to Orlando, and I'm packing, so you can imagine how well that went. This is the Ken Reed. Not the dank William Manzone Marletto sob story. Got for yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, anyway, you're crying, asshole. Uh, yeah. I'm in the studio, by the way. I'm not on the phone, just so you know. I know, because I can actually understand you this week. Really? <laughs> Coming in nice and clearly, yeah. Most people, when they have to listen back to the replay of the show, when your phone call comes on, they got to press the English button. Wow, really? Really, was that like a 94 joke or 95 joke? Listen, at least I got jokes. Anyway, <laughs> this, is, this is your show. This is, you know, a, a conversation piece. What do you got? Yeah. Um, 
couple things real quick. I was actually out in L.A. last week and dri- driving by the Staples Center. Um, it seemed like the only, like, SummerSlam advertisement that they were doing around seemed to be around the Staples Center, not much around L.A. itself. And I think that was also in part because of that um, Lakers trade that went on. But it seemed to be a little bit of a buzz, which was kind of cool because I've never actually been in the same town where there was a pay-per-view going on before, which made it look kind of cool. But in the same instance, it's not as hyped up as WrestleMania was. But yeah. in the same in the same instance, it was still kind of like, you know, you, you feel it in the air, like especially when you drive by the Staples Center and you see like, you know, the, the big advertisement and whatnot, and you're hoping you can stay an extra week, but you can't. But it was actually definitely pretty cool. Well, that's cool. Um, one one thing I want to point out was um how you, uh, you guys were talking about HPK and how he uh returned after like 40 years because of back surgery. Yeah. Like, one thing talking about like also nostalgia is when I first got into watching wrestling, like you, unless like you were really a big fan and you had like the inside scoop before all the social media came out, it was actually kind of cool not knowing that there was somebody that you hadn't seen in a while backstage. It just seems that in today's modern age, knowing ahead of time because of Facebook, because of uh, uh, tweeting and all this and all that, it kind of almost like kills it because you're like expecting that, you know, like you know he's back there. You're just like waiting for him to come out, which I don't know. To me, it kind of like kills it a little bit. I No, I, I, I do agree with your point. I mean, you know, before, before social media even, the internet, you know, when when, yeah. when it came out in ninety four, ninety five, you know, you had all these. Um, <clears throat> well, even before the internet, I should say, there were what they called dirt sheets. That's the term, the dirt sheets. And they would be these newsletters that basically, you know, uh, would, would get mail, and they were from guys, you know, with rumors, and they had like the nine hundred uh, hotline numbers, you know, for stories and jump ship to what company and storylines and stuff like that. And then when the internet blew up, you had it all over the internet too. And it, and it, it, at first when you, when I first, my feeling is personally, when the internet first came out and you read the, the, the websites with all the rumors and stuff like that, that it becomes, you know, it was cool. Like, Oh, so-and-so is going to go to WCW and this guy's, this guy's, this guy with a belt and like two months, I can't wait for it, you know? But then when you get that routine of like checking it all the time and then it becomes, like too predictable. It's it's almost like you know you're you're, at, you're watching on the show. A couple of your buddies and you say to yourself, "So and so is going to come out through the crowd. Then he's going to jump in the ring. He's going to give this guy a DDT while the ref is distracted. And then you see it happen. And okay, for a second there, everyone who doesn't really wa- read the internet, they're like, "Oh wow, that I can't. How'd you know that?" But now, yeah. you know, it's it's that that joke got old. You know, it's like it's almost like you want to the element of surprise is gone from wrestling, and you want to. As a fan, be surprised. Also, become like partially. I mean, it, it just boils down to we've talked, you know, dollars and cents, which is a shame. As a fan, you love seeing that surprise. As a fan, you love to see tonight The Rock shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. But money wise, the WWE is going to make sure that they announce it beforehand so they can market 
The Rock is showing up so they can mark, so they can get more paper buys because The Rock is going to be on the show. So, you know, back in the day, especially with the Monday Night Wars, it was fun to have that surprise, who's showing up where. Um, and that worked because that sold. That put eyes on the TV because they set up an environment where you had to watch every week because you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. The landscape has changed. Now it's, let's tell you what's coming so you know. So if there's a guy who's really popular, a guy who's going to some crossover, uh, some problems, they're going to leak, whether it's on a dirt sheet or the Internet or just flat out right there on TV, they're going to tell you that this guy is going to be there with the hopes of bringing in more dollars. So as far as money-making, I get it. But to your point, Dank, I guess as a fan, with the element surprise gone, it, it it leaves things a little bit lacking. Yeah. Um. One last note. I had, and it just came to me, I have the perfect revival of tag team championship. That's here. Yeah. Um, oh, we're still here. Go. Take six, four, six teams. And I'm thinking back, because you were talking about like how the TLC pretty much um, ruined it for anybody else. And yet the tag teams, because the Dudleys and the Hardys and Edge and Christian kind of like raised that bar to where after that it was really hard to raise it. Fine. Three more teams. Back then, let's talk Lock and Sock, Kane and Taker, and a wild card team. And throw them in the elimination chamber. Tag teams in the elimination chamber? Yep. You start with two teams in the ring, like you would start one on one, and then you have each team in each chamber. Randomly, a team comes out, last team standing, wins the title belt. You know, I, 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 I'm I, not necessarily opposed to that idea. And Neither I'll tell you I. What, what I, I think would be cool, and I don't know if they could do it. They could do it. No, they could do it. As a warm-up, maybe, for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, what if that's, like, they get you a freebie on Raw, an Elimination Chamber tag team to kind of get you warmed up, and they do that on a Raw, or maybe the night after Elimination like, around it. So maybe it's not part of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, but we get a bonus Elimination Chamber match to kind of put over the tag team division. That could be interesting. Or or just the obvious, add it to the pay-per-view, and you just have... Maybe one one of the titles in an elimination chamber and do the the tag belts in it, but that that that's an interesting kind of vibe. We talked about stuff a lot. I the- think as a warm up, for, like for somebody to like get hyped up for the chamber, they like the creative team would have to come up with six significant teams to where people would want to see it. You know, like you let's go back to like the Attitude Era where you have people like me. The Hardy, a Hardy fan. Dave was a Dudley fan or Edge and Christian fan. Like each team had a strong fan basis to where if they would have announced it back then, people would have gone nuts over it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the TLC. Unfortunately, now you know we have like two or three teams, and people are still kind of like, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good idea. And thank always thought provoking and and great idea. I'd love. I I, I kind of want to see. We talk a lot here about the reviving the tag division, and uh, we've thrown out a lot of ideas. Throwing in an elimination chamber tag championship, which I think that would work too. We all we all need to quit our jobs and get a job in in the W. <laughs> hey, if we get 
hired by WWE, we'll uh, we'll let you know and we'll uh, we'll steal your idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I appreciate the thought. Thanks. Later, guys. Dank, always slobberful. I kind of like that idea. It's interesting. Um, just to let you guys know, we, we're, it, it's real humbling out here doing this show. Um, the internet is such an amazing thing. But uh, again, word, like as the show's going on and our producer is sending us some info, um, a report that we got right now. The Ken Reedy Show is being listened to in the UK, Portugal, nice. Russia, Malaysia, Indonesia, Germany, Italy, Poland, Finland, Pakistan, India, Egypt, and everyone's favorite, Malta. Wow. So, thank you all. I apologize wow. if you don't speak English and you don't understand a word I'm saying. But if you do, I that's amazing to me reading off that list. Um, oh my god! Wow. So it's it's amazing, like technology to think right now. There's someone, you know, sitting on the Sphinx, listening to the Ken Reedy show. Just the the pyramids are in the background, and he's sitting there with his computer, uh, saying, "Hey, uh, Ken Reedy show," and I'm sitting in the sand. That's cool. Or his smartphone, or his tablet, or his iPad, or whatever. Wow, that's that. I don't, I don't got words for that. That's that's pretty cool. All those countries right now, currently, right now. That's a, well, our producer said they're they're listening, so they've either listened or listening. But they, they're the those show. countries. So I mean, it's cool be, in the game. It's because I'm in the studio. Though. That might be it. That might be it. <laughs> oh, the word went out in Russia. <laughs> you see, like like <laughs> Dave's in the studio. Oh my God, Dave's in the studio. Dave's in the studio. I've Dave's been, in the studio. Ivan Drago's cousin sent it out in Morse code. <laughs> you guys feel like standing on the rooftop. <laughs> Dave's in the studio. No way. <laughs> it's like Fiddler on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough of patting ourselves on the back. But that's cool. So thank you all for supporting us. Um, I, you know. It, it that's amazing. I'm just like floored by you know reading that list of and and I'm assuming some people from the United States. I <laughs> wasn't on the list, but our international fan base is growing. Thank you so much. But we are in a SummerSlam Sunday spectacular uh, WWE's WrestleMania of the summer. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show at the Ken Reedy Show on Twitter. And, uh, you know, that's uh, you can find us everywhere. Um, you know, be sure to, on Monday nights on the Facebook page, we do a Raw discussion. So jump on board if you got some opinions about Monday Night Raw. Uh, jump on our Facebook page. Talk with us. We all go back and forth. There's a bunch of us, a bunch of listeners usually jump on. Dave and I are always on the thread. So check out that. And like I said before, on the KenReedyShow.com, a poll question each and every week is we want to hear from you because we're – we're that kind of show where, you know, we host it and we really enjoy loving, like, the sounds of our own voices, but we do like hearing from you. We like, you know, letting the fans out there speak their mind. We don't want to jam our opinions down your throat. We want you guys to call in and say what you think, um, and we really, we do a loose outline, but we, we let the, the callers and, and the people Decide what direction this show is going to go in. So be a part of it. Get on the bus. The people. Join us because this is more than a show. This is a movement. And we are going to get into now some predictions. Going into SummerSlam, we discussed before, we're both in agreement as much as we think that Del Rio needs to win. 
We both think Sheamus is going to win, so that's our prediction for that match. Um, interesting that we have the IC title match. Um, could be looked at as demotion for both guys going back into the IC title picture. Two guys for me, I don't know if I would ever would have given either one of these guys the, the big belts, my opinion. I like seeing Rey Mysterio and Miz in the IC title picture. It's got potential to be a, a very good match. Um, don't know if they're going to stay in the IC title picture, where they're going to go with that. But I like seeing them there. Um, tough match for me to predict. Uh, on one hand, I think the easy way is just let Ray win. Uh, it would definitely put the IC title over. But Miz hasn't had the belt too long, and beating a Ray helps you know make him look stronger, and that also makes the title look more prestigious. So either way works. I like having two well-known, talented, established guys in in the IC title match. Um, your thoughts, where do you think this match goes? I think, um, I mean, Miz came back. He had a, somewhat of a different look. Been gone for a while. He just filmed a movie. He's actually starring in the Marine 3. Um, I mean, the franchise was already dead anyway, so, you know, it, was, it wasn't like he was going to come back and revive it and resurrect the Marine franchise of movies. Um, and Mysterio had just come back with the, uh, the the wellness policy violation and the injury. Um, so it's kind of a toss-up with these two. But I think because that movie is coming out and they've had plans to do something more with Miz, but they weren't sure what to do, I think that their focus right now is on keeping that title on Miz. Um, I think Miz will walk out with the Intercontinental Championship. You can You can slot Rey Mysterio anywhere whether it's a tag team title, intercontinental title, or even in the big title picture in the main event, not even have him in the title scene at all, and he's still going to be popular and want to be, you know, seen by by the by the majority of the audience. So, you know, it, this is not going to this wouldn't hurt him. This would hurt Miz if he lost, I think, but it wouldn't hurt Mysterio. Mysterio can move on from this because he's over like a million bucks. So, good point. And and the other thing also is that Miz can do something underhanded. Which which will help like you know Ray doesn't need to this this doesn't hurt Ray at all Ray's at a, no. although although Ray needs to lay off the donuts because Ray's no he's hurt but wow looks like he put on a couple of pounds so uh, yeah like yeah. six one nine of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus you know yeah especially for a guy like his style I mean that's he's begging for another injury um, I think he's nearing the end of his his run I think we probably got another couple of years of decent full-time run from him, and then he's going to walk away. I mean, he's, you know, he's had surgery me five times on my left knee. Yeah, and if that, I mean, you say a couple of years, I mean, if that. Yeah. I mean, might his be. style and what, you know, it's one of those things that he's one of those guys that, you know, if he's going to wrestle, he has to be Rey Mysterio. Yeah, there's no other way around and that, it. And that's a tough, you know, for him to, you know, he's had an exciting style uh, for a long period of time. He can't, at this point, he can't be successful changing his style. Uh-uh. And no you do wonder. I mean, a couple of years might even be pushing it. You know, uh, another significant knee injuries. I mean, you know, when you start approaching double digits, when yeah. it's I've had surgery on my left knee ten times, um, you know, and he's, he's what is he, at six now? Is it six? I don't know. It's at I least can't. five. It's hard to keep track. Five as far as the uh, the, the don't try this at home commercial. But I think there was one after more. that. There was one. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't 
He, excuse my language. His knees are fucked up. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that, okay? Yeah, he's he's not in a good place. So who knows how much longer he has? But yeah. you're right. I, I I would predict the same. So we're going to be in agreement on that. I, I think the Miz holds on. It's a good victory for him. Um, especially looking back when we talked about his his run with the WWE title, aside from winning at WrestleMania, it wasn't the strongest run with the strap. Um, beating Rey Mysterio at SummerSlam, it, it, it establishes his run with the IC title. It, it moves it up a, a notch. It makes it a stronger run, and it elevates the title a little bit. Now, I know I keep, I, I'm beating the dead horse. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I keep praying and hoping that they're going to make the IC title mean something again. This could. Maybe it's moving that direction. Maybe. Uh, maybe, exactly. Maybe. An opti- optimistic maybe. You can wish in one hand and crap in the other. Exactly. comes first. But we're in agreement there. We're looking yeah. at The Miz winning uh, that match. A match that's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, lightning rod for controversy, if you will, lately. Uh He's over like a, as you say, like a million bucks. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel no! Bryan and uh, uh, Kane wrestling tonight. Um, interesting match. Uh, a match almost that I feel like they uh, kind of threw together a bit. Uh, I don't know what to make of this match. I, I really don't. I, I can't say I'm looking forward to it. It should be entertaining. Uh, Bryan's been tremendous with getting the crowd over. Uh I don't know. I, you know what? I'll say my prediction. I'm going to say Kane's going to win with everything that's going on. I think it works to, for Daniel Bryan to lose. I was just going to say pissed. the exact same thing. So you already got my okay. answer right there. So we're both in agreement. This is going to be this is going to be great. Also, although, I, be although, I will, although I will say that Charlie Sheen's going to have some form of involvement in this. At least I think there's been rumors that he's that he was going to be involved in it for a while. Then they stopped, you know, mentioning his name. Then they've been bringing it back on television, but. If they were going to bring him out for this pay-per-view, you would think they would want to get some mainstream buzz, especially from a guy like Charlie Sheen, and advertise it. However, that hasn't been the case. Um, I think the, the the smart money is him losing and having the losing streak and getting the fans involved into it um, with him every time he comes out on TV. So, you know, we're in agreement. Two for two. There you go. We're, we're three, three, for three, three for three right three, now. Three we're agreeing on there. Yeah, you know. um, yeah it's, I don't know. I I like what he's doing, and I just think the character, you know, being it, it just works for him to lose. Yeah, it, you know, and uh, what I, happens if he wins, and then the fans start chanting no, and he goes back to the yes? Maybe like that. That could be like a, you know, just every now and then, like if he wins a match, and they'll be like no, no, and then he's like yes, yes, I got it. You know, I got my catchphrase back. I yeah. want a match. I could see that kind of dynamic between him and the audience taking place further down the line, and uh, you know. Wrestling fans like the chance, so it's always going to work. It's it's a good chance. Yes, they so do. So we're agreeing there. Let's go to the the WWE title match, a triple threat match. Punk, Cena, and Big Show. We're having a slow, I guess, heel turn for Punk. It's not definitive, but he's obviously moving in that direction. How do you see this match shaping up? I don't know because, you know, the audience, or, you know, the it's tough to call, you know, with these three guys. Um, on one hand, Cena's been out of the picture for a while, and the rumors are they want to have him in Rock at next year's WrestleMania, and they want to make him a strong champion again heading into that match. Um, or 
they have Punk win, and then Punk faces Rock at Royal Rumble. I mean, the finish of this match is kind of determining where they go going into next year, especially with The Rock having an opportunity at the title. Um, so I'm not sure. I You know what the, the, the odd thing is, is that every time Punk is on TV, whether he comes out for a promo or he wrestles in a match, they always mention, like, how far he's moved up as far as most reigns for a champion, an individual uh, WWE champion. Like, I think last week they said he passed one of Triple H's title reigns or something like that. Um, and to me, that could almost, you know, to, to to the smart marks out there, that could indicate, oh, well, he could drop the title any time um, because they just mentioned it on TV. I think they really want to build that and make, you know, make him bigger than he already is. And hopefully, uh, you know, I, I, I personally see Punk winning tonight and keeping the title some form or fashion to really push that heel turn even further. Interesting, because I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. Um, this, this, my logical side actually leans towards Punk, but I'm going to go with Big Show. I'm going to go with Big Show with, with a short run after tonight, um, and he's going to pin Cena, and that's going to add to the 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 Punk character. He's going to feel like you know he was screwed. He was never pinned. He's the rightful champion. It's not fair. I think, you know, the slow heel turn that we have right now, that that puts it a bit over the edge. Um, and obviously, he has his rematch clause and other things. You know, he still could have the title at the Rumble. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, he if he loses tonight, to he yeah. can get the, the title back. So there's more than enough time, uh, especially nowadays, there's more than enough time for yeah. him to uh, win the title back. So I, I say uh, Big Show. But I do think whether it's going to be Big Show or Cena, and, and CM Punk's not going to be involved at all in the decision, which is going to piss him off. But I'm going to I'm going to go with the Big Show as my pick. And as we keep going through the picks, we do have a caller coming in, and I'm going to go right out to the calls. Luke. I'm going to have to hang up on you. Sorry, I might be in a bad cell area. Um, apologies, but I uh, had to let you go. We heard something. Show there. must go on. But, um, yeah, I just can't wait. Sorry, Luke. Um, getting back to this, so we got so we differ there. Got yeah. big, big Show and Punk, the first one we... Uh, the beginning of the we, mutiny. We differ. Um, you know what? So we got a couple more we're going to predict. But before we do that, you know what it's time for? I think I know. You know what it's time for? This will be my first. In- the Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. And it is time for the Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. This is a portion of our show where we look at something in the world of professional wrestling, something we've enjoyed watching, seeing anything that we just thought, hey, that worked. And we kind of nod to ourselves uh, and say, hey, that, that worked. And we do this each and every week. Um, Dave, who gets your nod of approval this week? I wasn't too crazy about a lot of things in the world of wrestling, but after um, being in attendance at last night's uh Body Slam Wrestling Organization Beach Party and being invited by Bob Arian to 
come down to the beach party and uh, hang out and enjoy the show. I want to give my nod of approval to uh, Bob Arian. Um, professional, class act. Um, you made me feel like one of the boys. Uh, Bob, if you're listening, I, I can't thank you enough. You made a dream come true for me to be a small part of a big deal of what you guys got going on over there, in all seriousness. I was, you know, It's always been a dream of mine to be a part of the wrestling business in some form or fashion, and you helped make me a part of the show last night. Um, and that was cool. That was super cool. If I don't ever do anything again that's that's involved with wrestling or the BWO, I can say that I was with you guys against you know the fight against the Dynasty of Destruction um, in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. That was that was awesome, man. I can't thank you enough. And uh, this week, my nod of approval goes to you, buddy. Thanks. Very cool. And you know what? Um, before I get into my nod, we do have some breaking news. Uh, YouTube match. Uh, the pre-show match at SummerSlam, Antonio Cesaro, new U.S. champion. All right, let's see if so, you know they 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 give him a run. Yes, with this, so we know. had Cesaro and Santino, and they were fighting for the U.S. title, the championshipo. The championship. <laughs> well, my not. It's funny that I, you know, we discussed this, and it was interesting before, like actually having because usually we meet on the phone and we're meeting face to face and talking about stuff and. Over bagels. Uh, over bagels. Bagels yes. and SmackDown. Um, my nod of approval. Uh, there is a wrestler. Uh, his name is Preacher, and that man is getting my nod of approval this week. Um, he uh, he gets it, man. Like I met him. He works with the BWO. Uh, he does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, he let me see a bit. You know, peered the curtain. Got to see a little bit behind. Uh, made sure, you know, said to me, you've seen a little bit of what's going on. Uh, we don't reveal secrets. All the respect in the world, not revealing what I learned and what I saw. Um, however, it was really cool just being able to hang with him, talk business. And uh, for the first time, again, and Dave and I are talking about dreams coming true. Uh, you know, the first time I got in the ring. I got in the ring and, and got to go through a, a bit of a, a training session. Uh, took a couple of bumps. Um, you know, I thought it would be good for the show for me to just try it because, you know, if you're going to sit up here and you're going to criticize, man, you better be doing it. You know, if you're going to go out there and say, oh, well, he should do this or he should be more violent or he should blah, 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 go take a bump. Take a bump and then you can sit and start to criticize what other guys are doing in the ring. And took a few bumps, uh, you know, got put in a couple of holds, uh, you know, and it was it was really interesting just to kind of learn a bit um of what goes on inside the the wrestling ring, and, and Preacher was a great Preacher was a great teacher. Uh, he he really uh, was very patient. Um, he was not at all, you know, he didn't treat us in any way, shape, or form like people that didn't belong there. Um, he was just just super nice, and I could could not have asked for a better experience. Uh, just getting in the ring for a little bit and learning the ropes, and then uh, got to see a little bit of what goes on backstage and and how the running of a show goes uh really you know and you i don't like to throw around the word brilliant but when you look at a wrestling mind a preacher is just one of those guys that he just he's got a brilliant wrestling mind he really just knows how everything works and how it's supposed to work and it was it really was an honor like being a part of it so uh this week preacher from the bwo gets my nod of approval and bob arian from uh, 
BWO gets Dave's nod of approval, and there you have it. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. So interesting, taking nothing away from the great work that was done uh, last night by the BWO. Um, is is it interesting or testament that right now on, on a SummerSlam Sunday, on what's supposed to be the, the biggest show uh, of the summer, obviously, then it's been called the WrestleMania of the summer, that you and I, as we're looking at what our nod of approval should have gotten this week from either WWE or even TNA, we both looked to the BWO. And it was pretty definitive. We talked about it. We were both like, yeah, this is what needs to get our, our, our nods. Is it as much as it's a statement on how great an experience we had with the Body Slam Wrestling Organization and what they're putting on out there, how much of a statement is that about what the WWE did leading into this pay-per-view? Um, I mean, to people inside the in, inside the WWE and the company, it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't mean crap to them. Uh, you know, talking about fans. I mean, yeah, we're both to, fans oh, to our like, oh, to or... our fans to, to, to fans itself, um, it, it it probably means that a lot of people really aren't interested in seeing this pay per view, um, and that you know it's it, that they didn't do enough to to hype it. Um, yeah, you know, the one thing I noticed when they when when they air commercials for SummerSlam or when they would talk about SummerSlam is they would just refer to it as WWE SummerSlam. They wouldn't say WWE SummerSlam the twenty fifth anniversary, although it's written underneath the logo on all the pay per view posters and the commercials, but they would never say it in the voiceovers or when they promote the pay per view and the you know and, and the card or anything like that. Um and when you you're gonna put a tagline like that, like they did it when they did it for WrestleMania. Obviously, WrestleMania gets the big hype, but when they did it for WrestleMania, they made it feel like the 25th anniversary special was just awesome. To, you know, it was it was going to be an awesome show. Um, for SummerSlam, when you're going to put that tagline out there and not really promote, like not even say it verbally, like this is the 25th anniversary of SummerSlam. You know, you don't want to miss it. Um, we're doing this, this, and this. Like they didn't really make it seem like it was a big celebration for being 25 years. You might as well just taken the, the the 25th anniversary part off the logo and just said called it SummerSlam like normal. Yeah, it was. It's weird to me, like looking at this because I look at the card and there's not a match really on the card that I look at and say, yeah, it's gonna suck. Yeah, no, like same the, here. The, it, it's a decent card. Like every match has got every match should be good. There's potential for some great matches, but it's weird. I'm not finding myself that excited going into the event. It's just it's it's kind of a weird feeling for me as a fan. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at each match on the card. Yeah, that could be a good match. That could be an entertaining match. Oh, good. There's a couple of titles are on. You know, a few titles are on the line. Like, all right, that's Ziggler. You know, Jericho should be a good match. Yeah, Triple H is back. Yeah. I'm looking at all of them like. They all should be decent. However, I'm I'm not overly excited yeah. about the pay per view. It's just kind of weird. So uh, you know, the only way to look at that is when when you kind of have that feeling going in that they didn't do the best job at really building the excitement, and whether that's uh, lacking in storyline, well, like you're saying, lacking pushing the 25th anniversary kind of vibe, or just making it feel special. 
Um, not a good job for the, the send-up. <laughs> we're going to watch it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that being yeah. said, can't wait because we're like five minutes away from SummerSlam. Right. Now I can't wait. Now I'm excited. But let's talk about the one match that uh, you know is probably the setup for this match has dominated the, the TV. Um, Lesnar, Triple H. Uh, Lesnar is just breaking Click's arms left and right. Uh, we got Heyman involved, family involvement, uh, uh, you know, now it's personal, wow, hey, what, what are you going to, what are you seeing from this? I'm seeing a big brawl between these two guys. I'm not going to see much of a wrestling match. You know, they didn't advertise it as being anything special, like a street fight or an I quit match or anything like that. I think it's going to come to the point where the two of them are going to get in there, they're going to beat the crap out of each other, right to start off the match, and then... The referee is just going to kind of let things fly, and the announcers will say, like, well, I guess the referee's letting another disqualification rule, you know, fly, and they show the two of them, you know, brawl through the crowd or whatever. Um, this match, going forward with this match, um, we've we've talked about it before, but I think, I mean, the rumors are Lesnar and Undertaker at WrestleMania next year. That's the big rumor. If they want to get to that point, I mean, Lesnar needs to win, in my opinion, personally. Coming back, he made that huge statement against John Cena. Yeah, he beat the crap out of him in the match, but he lost. And he hadn't wrestled a match since. And um, if they want to make – what I think they're trying to do is market UFC Brock instead of WWE Brock. And if you're going to market that and make – you know and use Lesnar in that way as being this unpredictable animal of a fighter, former mixed martial artist, he's got he's to win a match. You know, granted, this will only be the second one he's had. He's got to win a match, and especially if he's going to go in there against Undertaker next year, if that's if that's when they're going to use him next, because I have not heard anything after SummerSlam on what his involvement is going to be in the company, especially with the deal that he's got. So um, I'm expecting a physical match. I would like to see a few surprises at the same time. This is one of those feuds where it's like, all right, it's got to end in the ring. It's got to be between these two and nobody else. Um, but we'll see Heyman probably take a few spills and – Maybe we'll see Shawn Michaels come back and, and do something, you know, to try and go after Lesnar. Maybe they'll go the route where he costs Michaels the match, or excuse me, he costs Hunter the match to try and get the Lesnar. I don't know. It's possible. There's all different kinds of ways they could do with this. But the end result, I think, has to be that Brock Lesnar has to win the match in a definitive fashion, whether it's killing him or whatever. But he's got to win in order to make himself seem bigger than the character they've already portrayed him as. I agree with you. Um, I, I definitely, I think, you're right, you, you can't have him, I mean, as much as he beat the holy hell out of Cena, he lost. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he has to win. Um, you know, going forward, depending on what they do, uh, it's just been a weird setup for this. I, I thought, I get what they were doing, and he broke Michael's arm, and I, I get that, and I was, I thought they did enough with making it personal. It almost seemed kind of convoluted. I don't think adding Michaels was necessary. I don't think to, it was either. Make this mean more. It almost, I don't know, it almost like stole focus a bit. It just was kind of like it was personal. Heyman talked about the family. Lesnar had broken Triple H's arm. Um, I did not think that Michaels was necessarily uh, needed to kind of add anything. I thought the heat was was good between the two of them. Um, personally, if they want to put it over, 
I think Michael shouldn't be there. It yeah. should be it should be that Lesnar he did. He ended Michaels short term. Michaels is done right now. He yeah. he missed Michaels missed being at the twenty slam because of what Lesnar did to him. Like yeah. that. And you can almost have tonight Heyman do a promo at some point where he just says, Poor HBK can't be here tonight. <laughs> Because he got involved with Brock Lesnar, yeah, and that that could like work, but I, I I doubt that. I think Michaels is going to be there in some way, shape, or form. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't uh, interfere too much because I think the way they set this up was really mano a mano. It was yeah. really man a man, you know, one man pissed off another man, and these two guys are just gonna go at it and. Um, I'd like to see, even if Michaels gets involved in some way, that uh, the end is still these two towards each other. All right. Well, we've come to the end of our show for Dave. Dave, it's fun being in the studio. Uh, I love it. I wish I could come back all the time. You're going to have to move here. We're going to have to move you out of Connecticut. Yeah, I can go in the basement. <laughs> for Dave, this is Ken. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody.